course, the Wolverines, 21-7 winners. Over the Spartans, Adam Biggers with me, Ryan Schuling. This is the Great Lakes Divide podcast brought to you by Federal Williams, our proud sponsor, Mike Williams, here in the greater Lansing, Okemos area, but serving statewide for all buyers and sellers of homes. If you want to find out more information, go online, federalwilliams.com. That's F-E-D-E-R-A-U, Williams.com. Adam, in retrospect, you have a, you've had a chance now a little bit to kind of calm down and, and, and try to figure this one out. But I'll pose it to you this way. How much of this do you believe was the fact that you brought up something that Jim Harbaugh said, and that name alone was the buzzword that set D'Antonio off? That's probably it, Ryan. I'm, I've, th- I've thought about this a little – sorry to cut you off, but that's probably – if I'm betting, and you'll probably agree with me here, if I said, Mark, does Brian Lewerke have a torn labrum? Is Brian Lewerke injured? If I would have maybe went in with that, um, then possibly I get a less uh, aggressive or defensive response, right? But yeah, I say Jim Harbaugh, and he's like, "Oh hell no, I'm not." Next, (laughs) (laughs) and then I hung up after that. So I don't even know what happened after that. I should have stayed on because I feel bad for the person who had the question after me. Wow. Yeah. And I think there's a double whammy there for you, Adam. There's one, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh. That sets him off. There's two, he hates talking about injuries unless it's clear, like with Felton Davis, that he's done for the year. Then he'll come out and he'll go ahead and talk about it. But torn labrum speculation, let's say Harbaugh is just throwing a dart and he's right. And I take Jim Harbaugh's word on a quarterback seriously because, oh, by the way, he was one, an excellent quarterback, an NFL caliber quarterback. So when he says he sees something that looks like something, it's speculation on his part, but it's well-educated, well-informed speculation. And I would say if Harbaugh hit too close to the target with accuracy as to what Brian's suffering from, that also would set D'Antonio off. Because I asked about Brian Lewerke first thing in the press conference. They didn't even hand me a mic. Ben Flager just pointed at me. I'm like, all right, I'll go because I agree with you. I'm not going to talk about Walkgate or whatever you want to call that, but Lewerke's performance at health was the issue coming out of that game, and I wanted to know a little bit more as to what his impression was of where Lewerke was physically, how he analyzed where he was, Notice the different answer D'Antonio gave me, and I also brought up Rocky Lombardi as to what level he would have to ascend to in practice to where Mark D'Antonio would feel he's game ready. Let's go to that right here. Yeah, you know, uh, first of all, Rocky gets all the reps. He got all the reps last week as well as Theo Day. Um, You know, Brian's got to be able to practice. That's obviously noticeable from last year, last week's performance. But as I said after the game, there's a lot of things that go into this. There's separation by the wide receivers. You're down some wide receivers. You've got to get separation, certain routes. There's conceptual things that we've got to deal with. Um, you know, played against a good defense. There's pressure that moves him out of the pocket or creates pressure for him. So there's a lot of different things going into this. And uh, I think he can be a very effective quarterback, but he's, I do think he's got to practice. So I know he feels better than he did last week, so hopefully that'll happen. He did practice, but he wasn't able to throw um, down the field. And uh, I thought he had velocity in the game. I didn't think that was the problem in the game. Head coach Mark D'Antonio. So, Adam, a couple things that stand out to me here, no matter what, I think you asked the right question. I'm going to defend you on that. His response is interesting. But what does it say if Brian Lewerke, who, by Mark D'Antonio's words after the game, did not practice all week at all, 
Dave Warner contradicted that earlier. Who do you believe? I don't know. Because then Brian Lewerke says, well, I guess Coach D said I didn't practice all week. But I got that as Brian was deferring to, well, whatever Coach D chose to reveal, I'll go with that. I don't want to offer any additional information. All that being said, let's say Brian has a torn labrum. Or even if he doesn't, he's at diminished capacity. Let's agree it's at 50% or lower. What does it say that even under those circumstances, Adam, he doesn't practice, he's not good physically, that they'd rather have Brian Lewerke playing in that diminished capacity than a 100% Rocky Lombardi with 100% or close to it of the practice reps? Uh, the Rocky is nowhere near ready. And I know, I mean, Ryan, I know there was a lot of speculative, but Michigan State fans were excited about Rocky Lombardi. And, I mean, he's a good prospect, but, I mean, he's – He's not ready. So, I mean, if you're, you want to go, uh, with Brian, like you said, diminished capacity. I think that's the, a great term. You want to go with Brian Lewerke, nowhere near Brian Lewerke regular level over 100% Rocky Lombardi. Well, that says 100% Rocky Lombardi isn't even anywhere near as good as Brian Lewerke at half capacity. And, and on top of that, I mean, how many, I mean, at five, at what, at what point were you going to, go with Rocky. I mean, Rocky got in later in the game, but I mean, what did Brian have to miss 10 passes in a row? I mean, I I think at one time he was what, like three for 16? He ended up five for 25, something. I mean, five for 25, certainly. I think at one time he was like three for 16. I'd have to go back at the the chart and look, but yeah, I mean, it just says that uh, Michigan State does not have uh, does not have a lot of depth at quarterback, I guess is what that says. Not a game-ready depth. And he further commented on that as to say that Theo Day is actually getting some reps and that he might actually get some game action with the new four-game redshirt rule, whereas Day wouldn't see the light of day if the old redshirt rule were in place. I'll be interested to see, and we'll have more on the preview of Purdue coming up later in the week in a subsequent podcast, as to where Lewerke is on that rehabilitation scale, if it's worth it, push-pull analysis. They're four and three. They're probably playing for the pinstripe bowl or the outback bowl at the most. If that's your season, why not just make sure on Lewerke and avoid risking further injury and see what you've got in Lombardi and let him take his lumps. I mean, you don't want to mail him the season. And Mark D'Antonio was careful to reemphasize that time and again in Tuesday's press conference. And so if Lewerke can go, even if he can go halfway, it still looks like they're leaning his direction, but we'll see how things progress in practice this week, and that's what Coach D'Antonio said. One other point, Adam, I want to get your thoughts on, because, again, you were at the same game I watched. I asked Mark late in the press conference about his offensive line, about the fact that he has three sophomores and a redshirt freshman playing regular roles on this line. It has been beleaguered. It has been maligned in the media. I'm sure Mark D'Antonio is well aware of that because it stands out in his answer here. He wanted to put a fine point on this. It's not all the offensive line's fault as to why Michigan State has struggled and why they can't run the ball. Here's that sound. Well, a couple of those guys have been starting for, for quite a while. You know, whether even if they're sophomores, they've played in the past. I think Blake Buter's a guy that's the one guy that hasn't played as much. But if you look at Jarvis, if you look at Jordan Reed, they played last year. They've got experience. If you look at Cole Chewin, she's got experience. If you look at Tyler Higby, he's got experience. And um, Luke Campbell, he's got a great deal of experience as well. So, you know, we've got guys with experience in there. They should be able to function and play well together. Um, they need to do that. You know, that's, and you've got to win up front. If I sat there and said, hey, the, the tailback for Michigan ran the ball for 33 times and we ran it for, for 14, 
you know, I can tell you who's going to win the football game. You know, so the, the, you've got to be productive running the football because otherwise it becomes, you know, second and ten or whatever it is. But that's all a part of it. So we've got to find a way to do that and keep pressing it. And there are tight ends and other position groups that are involved with that. And then from a running back position, you know, when you hit the second level, you've got to be able to run through some tackles. It's just a fact. That's part of it, too. So let's not all say it's one thing. It's a combination of things. Problems always are a combination of things. Adam, I'll put it to you this way as we hear from head coach Mark D'Antonio there on his offensive line and the myriad issues that they're having as to why they can't run the football. He's even blamed his coaches at points. He brought up, you just heard, his tight ends, kind of singled them out. I was like, whoa, when he did that. His running backs trying to get to the next level, having to break tackles at the linebacking core level. He pointed his finger in a lot of different directions there, none of them good. You mentioned he's kind of in an irascible mood here. I would agree with you on that. But the simple fact of the matter is, when you and I previewed this season, Adam, we go back to Chicago, you and me at media days, both offensive lines were big question marks for Michigan and Michigan State, and yet we've seen the Wolverine offensive line at least come together to perform, I would call it adequately, if not slightly above, and yet Michigan State's has basically fallen apart, and it's a big reason. I don't know how Mark D'Antonio wants to equivocate it. I get it. He doesn't want to blame an entire unit and only them, but they've been bad at them, and it's a big reason why the Spartans are 4-3. and three. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I thought – I mean, we're – we had we talked highly of Brian Lewerke. I mean, the potential for Brian Lewerke was going to be all this. You know, L.J. Scott, what, what was he going to do this year? And all this comes down to, you know, like we said, the the uh, the state of the offensive line. And and right now, I mean, I think if you're Michigan State, you're you're fighting to get bowl eligible. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of repeating some of the same stuff that was points that were made um, during the three and nine season. You know, just kind of, not quite as bad, and obviously different circumstances, but. I mean, it's, you know, we're talking in October now, late October, just get bowl eligible. Whereas this was a team that was mentioned as a play, potential playoff dark horse, not just by local media, ESPN uh, had mm-hmm. mentioned Michigan State. So, I mean, this wasn't, you know, local media. like And that's a, and that's another topic. I, I'm, I'm getting tired of just because you're local media. And, yeah, most of us have grown up in this area where we understand it, which I think – but that doesn't necessarily mean, okay, well, if you cover Michigan State, well, you're a Michigan State homer. There's a lot of uh, really talented, quality coverage, you know, quality writers on the Michigan and, and as well for Michigan. But, I mean, there there are the homers on, on both sides. But what that, that whole term, you know, local media, I mean, it wasn't – I don't even think it was really local media who was who was even suggesting that. This was all national media. So just to get that out there, it's not like this – you know, hey, Michigan State might be pretty good this year. That wasn't just something that was concocted here locally. That was, you know, these big money college football analysts who break down the X's and O's and everything like that are supposed to do, and that's what they were saying. So, I mean, but, yeah, that, that's a surprise and just, I mean, I don't know where it's, it's a It's kind of a whirlwind, right? I mean, it's not a complete mess of a season. It is salv- salvageable for Michigan State. There still is hope of getting a decent bowl game and, and, you know, building on to, and heading into next year strong. But, I mean, this is certainly not the year I think. I thought the 9-3 and three would be a, would be possible. Obviously, that's not going to be. So, I mean, are we looking at a Michigan State team that's going to finish 7-5 and five this season? I mean, that, that seems like it could be likely now. No doubt about it. I think their goals change even if Mark D'Antonio doesn't put words to it. Uh, they have a lot of starters returning even for next year. They only stand to lose L.J. Scott, 
Uh, Felton Davis will be gone. Uh, you look on the defensive side of the ball, most of that is going to be intact with the exception of Andrew Dowell. Uh, they are building for 2019, and that has got to be their year. It's going to be tougher. They've got to go on the road to Michigan. They've got to go on the road to Ohio State. It seemed like the schedule, the talent, the 19 of 22 starters returning for this season, 2018, was going to be the year. But alas, as Adam just pointed out, that is likely not to be the case. There's a chance. I mean, they could run the table, go 9-3, and three, chaos in the Big Ten East. Something happens, but I don't believe that realistically they've got a puncher's chance of winning the division and going to Indianapolis, and so therefore your goals change. Talked a little bit about that. Player availability in East Lansing today. Let's go to that sound here right now. Ryan, as you look back on the video, what stands out to you about why you weren't able to make the throws, and is that correctable for you this week? Um, yeah, I know. I just kind of during the game, I felt like I had a decent amount of velocity on it. It was just for some reason the ball just wasn't going where I wanted it to go. Um, and whether it has to do with my arm or just being uncomfortable, um, just kind of something you got to work through, I guess. Was that the decision you made before the game? Was it up to you? Yeah, Coach. D, yeah, Coach. He gave me the option. On, uh, it was Michigan, obviously. It's one of our bigger games of the year, so you know, I wanted to be out there and uh, contribute as much as I could. Um, what stands out to you on film about the Purdue defense? Um, they do a lot, a lot more zone than Michigan than, than we had last week. Um, you know, they got, I think, their linebacking core is the most talented part of the defense. Number 21, um, great player, very athletic. Um, and number nine on the D line is very. Uh, Big dude, 315, 320, and he can move people, so you got to be aware of that. Antonio said that you might be feeling better this week than you were last week. Is that true, and how so? Um, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about it. What do you have to prove to yourself, Brian, to be able to go this week at a level that you feel comfortable with um, in practice? I just working through it and seeing if I feel good in practice. How was it today? Um, I don't want to talk about that. How many of the reps did you take, percentage-wise? Uh, I don't want to talk about that either. You don't want to talk about specifics, but um, mentally, I mean, how prepared are you going forward? How do you keep, you know, yeah. past it? I mean, mentally, you got to be ready to play no matter what. Um, I'm still going to study whether, whether I play or not. Study as much as I can. How much do you work to help Rocky? If, if, if you can't go in and having him ready, how much work do you do with him, too, to kind of help him along in case he does have to go? Yeah, just um, you know, talk to him, make sure he's on the same page, um, make sure he, uh, he knows how to, how to go out there and perform at a high level. Who do you turn to then in moments like this for support? My parents, um, they're, they're the main main people in my life I can talk to whenever. Um, obviously, Coach D, Coach Sam, we're big. Um, I was here on Tuesday, so had any former players? I know like, this is a tight-knit community, so have you had any former players Sweetie. reach out or just kind of extend, maybe not even specifically about, to you about what you're going through, but the team in general? Um, you know, I mean, I've gotten texts throughout the season, yeah. not specifically in the last week or so, but um, yeah, I've definitely gotten a text from guys. What's going to tell you if you're able to go with it? What's what? What's going to be able to let you know if you're going to be able to go with it? Your accuracy or is it your, how your arm? Just how it feels. Obviously, I don't want to um, hurt it more than what it is. Um, just you know, how, how accurate I am, how much power I get on it. Brian, was it one play or was it a sequence of plays that got you at Penn State and the injury that would have first occurred? Did you notice it right away? Was it a cumulative effect? Uh, yeah, it was, it was one play. One play, okay. 
I'll let you know there's one play, but I don't, I don't want to say one. As a captain, what kind of things are you telling to your team and your offense? What are you trying to do to get things going? Um, just let them know that we still have a long season ahead of us. Um, I think we're halfway, a little over halfway now. So we still got a ton of games left. Um, so we got to come out and play hard. And, um, for the seniors, this is their last year. We want to be able to play hard for them and uh, get them to a good bowl game. When you, look at, when you look at your accuracy, accuracy and so forth, how do the mechanics look, the footwork and the balance and all those things? How do those look? I know, I know sometimes you don't have time to get set and balance because of the pressure mm-hmm. and so forth, but are you looking at those things? Are you finding anything there? Yeah, you know, obviously you always want to um, improve your mechanics. and Throughout the course of the season, they can kind of go awry a little bit sometimes. And, you know, like I, that's something I've worked on. I've, you know, I've had guys, my quarterback coach back at home, just telling me to work on that. It's something that he noticed that I need to work on. Um, just in the pocket and making sure I have good footwork. What did, you, uh, what did you see from Justin at receiver? <laughs> you know, he's a very fast guy. He's um, obviously came here as a receiver, so he knows how to do it. Great hands. Um, just you know, probably the biggest thing is hadn't thrown with him. Um, two years or so, a year or so, um, really. So uh, it was kind of hard just going out there and getting a rhythm with him and, you know, him knowing when I want a back shoulder throw and when I want to throw deep or uh, me knowing his body language when he does that. It's just something we weren't able really to do in practice. I mean, obviously, I didn't practice last week. Um, so that was just something I had to work through. How difficult is it for a wide receiver to learn, like, the option routes and how to read defenses and those type of things? Um, and do you honestly, get the we, steps down in timing? Yeah, we make it pretty simple. Um, it's nothing that's too complicated that you can't pick up um, in a week or so. Brian, Purdue's explosive. They can score. They can make big plays. You're going to have to do a lot to keep up with them. What's the biggest thing you think is correctable this week from last week that you want to get on track for this game? You know, obviously, to start off, I, I, I have a lot of confidence in our defense, and they'll be able to make plays and hold their offense um, to less than what they have been doing. Um, that's, that's our optimism. But as, as us as an offense, we just got to start connecting and start clicking. Um, Get some, get some push up front, um, give the running back some somewhere to run, and try and just open up holes because obviously you know, guys have been able to run on uh, this team. And um, I think they're 127th in the nation in pass defense um, or in yards per game or something. So they got to be able to pass the ball on them too. What's the biggest thing you were frustrated with on Saturday? Just, you know, I, I didn't notice um, really throughout the course game that we were going to on third down yeah. until I kind of went back and saw the stat line. And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> Couldn't get any of them. Um, so I was just, you know, had, I think, five or six three and outs, maybe like two or three in a row. Um, just for me, I was just not been able to complete balls. It was wearing on me. And um, whether that was arm or just, you know, um, their defense was just solid. Um, that's just something that we, we need to focus on. Um, not, no, not really a ton. Um, I, I was trying to stay loose to the best, like, best of my abilities and trying to stay warm. Um, I'd get by the heaters. <laughs> it's cold, but, um. No, wait a minute, you're from Iowa. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I still have feelings, so. <laughs> so I mean, it, was, it was a little cold, but, uh, you know, I was just trying the best I can to stay, stay warm and, uh, stay loose. If, if I, uh, Rocky, going through practice last week, by the time you got to the Michigan game itself, 
How much more comfortable were you at the end of the week compared to the beginning of the week with the reps that you got? Yeah, I, I was definitely more comfortable. Um, and the biggest thing at quarterback is is the team, you know, accepting you. And I, I felt like uh, throughout this whole year, um, the team has kind of more accepted me as a you know as a valuable option as a, as a good player. So um, anytime you can build that relationship with your teammates, it's Rocky, you've burnt, earned some respect with your teammates. Evidently, you spend quite a bit of time, even last year, in the film room. Would you tell us about that? Because they've bragged about you on that. Yeah, um, I like to know what I'm doing. Uh, I, th- I think one of my best strengths as a quarterback is my brain. Um, you know, I think that the best quarterbacks in the world are also the smartest quarterbacks in the world. So it's just kind of something that I value, and I, I try to watch as much film as I can to make sure that I'm prepared when I go out there. What's the biggest obstacle you feel you still need to overcome to be fully ready to go in there and deliver? Um, I'm honestly just, just going out there and playing. Uh, I feel like I've, I've done everything I can to prepare myself uh, as far as knowing the playbook, knowing you know this week's Purdue, Purdue's defense. Um, so you know, just going out there and getting reps and playing and getting more comfortable. When you're out there with the ones in practice today, what percentage of those plays were you taking? Um, you know, it, it's this, it's. It's the same every week. I mean, we're we're still doing the same same split reps that we've been doing, and um, so yeah. With all the injuries though, and how this is coming together, who's left? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We got we got some guys down, but um, we got some guys coming back also. So you know, it's 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 good to get some guys back and. Is there a guy that you have a, a history with in practice who you feel a special bond or vibe with that you connect with that you feel you'll hit the ground running with when you get into a game? Um, you know, not necessarily. I feel, I feel comfortable with really all my receivers. Um, I've been throwing to all of them for, you know, a year or more. So, you know, some of the younger guys, not not quite as much. But, you know, I feel like we have good timing by now and good chemistry. So, yeah. Was there a point last week, Rocky, where you thought, I am going to start this game, whether it was Monday when you were taking first-team reps or at a different point throughout the week? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, uh, I, I, I prepare to start every week. So, you know, I kind of go in with that mindset of, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this game. And if, and if I do start this game, I'm not going to be ready to go. And, uh, you know, hopefully by the end of the week that is always yes. How do you feel that your skill set specifically is best fit and equipped for this offense? It's <sighs> a tough question to answer. Um, you know, I feel like uh, a lot of the stuff we do is good for our skill set. I think that we recruit in order to fit guys in this offense. You know, if, if you notice, we bring in the same quarterback mm-hmm. every year almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all the same build, same body type, you know, good arm strength, you know, decent mobility. So um, I, I definitely feel like I fit in this offense. And yeah. when, when do you get final word that Brian is going to start? And do you also get at the same time the message that we know that we want to get you in there at some point? Or when does that become clear to you what's going to happen? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's kind of different every week. Or yeah, just different every week, but uh, you know, for the most part, I'm I'm not even sure until you know we go out there. So on Saturdays, yeah, on Saturdays. So that'll wrap up this edition of the Great Lakes Divide podcast. The actual divide, the fissure getting wider after this Saturday's 21-7 defeat of the Spartans by the Wolverines. Adam Biggers, final thoughts: What people can expect from you as the week proceeds as Michigan heads into their bye, preparing for Penn State. Yeah, the uh, the bye week or improvement week, as Harbaugh likes to talk about. Uh, all right, how did Michigan get to this point? Looking at the uh, defense, be doing a little bit more work on scout team. There'll be a lot of live streams going on. I'll have a live stream uh, later this afternoon, which will probably air before we get this podcast up. So uh, maybe you're listening to this podcast after the live stream. I'm not sure. But a couple of quick news and notes real quick for the uh, Wolverines related. Ryan, uh, 
James Hudson, he was right there on the cusp of the two deep. This was a kid who was t- talked about a lot uh, by coaching staff, uh, offensive lineman. He's transferring. He just announced that he's transferring. And uh, Michigan uh, confirmed that last night to me and confirmed to other beat writers that that was the case. And we also saw uh, the week before Drew Singleton, a linebacker, another guy who was figuring who was going to be at least in there next year. He was getting time on special teams. Um, he is no longer with the Wolverines. So two transfers in the past two weeks. Uh, we don't have any updates on Rashawn Gary. Is he out? Have we seen the last Rashawn Gary? Michigan's not giving definitive answers, so that's causing speculation. So I'll write about that and uh, talk about that during the live streams. But again, you know, with the bye week, it's going to be more reflecting on how did Michigan get to where it is now, breaking down some stats and numbers. And, of course, uh, the podcast and live streams brought to you guys by federalwilliams.com. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of week of discussion and reflection on, on the Michigan side, whereas Ryan, Michigan State, had its bye week, you know, six months ago. So, uh, you know, your, your, your uh, focus is going to be be on Purdue. And uh, real quick, I mean, Purdue not only just beating Ohio State, but spanking, embarrassing Ohio State. That's, uh, that's a hot topic as well. There are so many things in big-time football that we should be talking about other than, hey, you guys arm-locked my guy and clipped him and, uh, you know, my guy went and defaced your logo and, and uh, you know, we can't decide on when Michigan State left to, for its walk and what time it got to the field. And, you know, Mark D'Antonio was five feet behind. Well, no, he was, he was actually five yards behind that section of the line. Whatever. Instead, we're talking about that. We're talking about minutes, yards, and feet, and they have nothing to do uh, with the actual game itself. So, yeah, uh, be sure follow me on Twitter at AdamBiggers81. Check out all of our stuff. Like I said, a lot of podcasts this week with uh, Ryan and myself, live streams on YouTube and written content at GreatLakesDivide.com. That is the hub of the wheel, as Adam points out. You can follow me at Ryan Schuling. And from my side of the divide, next up, you can find on that website, upon further review, I break down some of the video highlights for Michigan, Michigan State, a couple players that stood out that maybe you didn't expect. All that and a recap of that game. And as we go forward this week, as Adam mentioned, for the Spartans, they got to turn the page. They got Purdue coming to town and like Adam said, they just pounded the Buckeyes 49-20 in West Lafayette. This will not be an easy task. Both teams 4-3, and three, but seemingly going in different directions. Michigan State going sideways. The Boilermakers storming back from an 0-3 start. They have won their last four, and they come in as just two-point underdogs. Last I checked, to East Lansing, not sure how I feel about that number. I think Purdue probably should be favored in this one. That'll do it for us from here for now. Again, the sounds of the record lounge sending us out. Our good friend Heather Frowry, new releases every Friday, and all the all-time greats as well, all on vinyl. The record lounge in Rio Town. South Washington, west side of the street, just south of downtown Lansing. Thanks for listening, everyone. There's only one true path in life. The road that leads to all leads to one. There's only one true path in life. The road that leads to all. Silence, losing all my